Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It's the 31st of May 2021 and this is podcast number one. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the new development announcement for the Canon EOS R3 camera. But just before we get into that, I just want to take talk for a moment about uh, what this series of podcasts is going to be about and why I wanted to do it. So those of you who have followed my photography know that I run a fairly active blog where I often write about my thoughts on photography and more so on the art and craft of photography than on the equipment. The simple reality is that I prefer to write about uh, the craft of photography than about equipment. But, you know, equipment sells and when I do write about equipment, I tend to get roughly 10 times the number of hits that I do when I write about the art of photography. So I decided some time ago that I wanted to do a new series of podcasts that were a little bit more informal than what I do on my blog, where I can talk more about equipment in sort of a more open type forum and discuss, you know, what it means um, in the marketplace, what people think, uh, what the reviews are saying, my own thoughts and reviews on equipment, and not just equipment as well, but also talk more informally about the art and craft of photography. Occasionally, I might want to rant a little bit about something as well, and the podcast just seems to give me a great, uh, a great forum to do that. Uh, it's a bit more informal than my blog. It doesn't mean my blog's going to go away. I will continue to write for my blog as I, I enjoy that very much. It's a great place for me to document uh, the workshops and expeditions that I do, share photographs, uh, and talk about photography. But podcasting allows me to do it, do more in a more informal way. Um, and that's something I've wanted to do for some time. And I've also wanted to be able to do it in such a way that, you know, when I'm back to traveling and we're all coming out of COVID again, the lockdown... I want to be able to do it while I'm on the go. So whether I'm at an airport or uh, on a ship or wherever it might be in the world. So I'm going to be doing this with a fairly mobile type setup. I'm, I'm not using uh, the large Rode microphone I have here in my studio. I'm doing this with a, an on-the-go setup with a small lapel mic. So that's going to be the system I use as I, as I do this going forward and traveling. And I wanted to start off the same way so that there wasn't really a change in, in the quality of these recordings. Hopefully, I'll be able to find a quiet place uh, as in my travels to, to do this. We'll just see how it goes. So anyway, look, let's. Uh, I want to move on at this point. I want to get into talking about the development announcement of the Canon EOS R3 because it is an interesting time to be, um, to be a photographer as the world transitions to mirrorless. And I think the first thing that's worth noting really is that uh, Canon caught I think the photographic world off guard with this announcement. No one really saw it coming. At least the rumor sites certainly didn't report that there was the potential for a development announcement of this camera. So the first thing that happened was the photographic community was caught unaware that this was coming. Now we all know that there is going to be a mirrorless R1 professional cam camera from Canon uh, coming. We've had the EOS R, we've had the EOS R5 and various others. We now have the development announcement of the R3, which Canon says is going to fall squarely between the 1DX Mark III and the EOS R5. Now, what that tells us is that this is not a replacement for the 1DX Mark III. Now, before we get into comparing the R3 with the 1DX Mark III, I think it's important to take a moment and just note that the EOS 1DX Mark III is really a hybrid camera. So it is a DSLR, it does have a pen, optical pentaprism inside it, but you can flick the mirror up and turn it into a fully fledged mirrorless camera. Now, 
it doesn't have an EVF. So what that means is if you're running the 1DX Mark III in mirrorless mode, then you need to be using the back of the screen, the LCD screen, to see what you're doing. Now, obviously, if you're hand-holding, that's far from ideal. If you're on a tripod in a hide, that's fine. It's not a problem. But it's not ideal if you're hand-holding the camera. So Canon has said that the new R3 sits squarely between the 1DX Mark III and the EOS R5. So let's talk for a moment about who this camera is for, because if you read the forums on the internet, there's a lot of misconception about who this camera is actually for, how many megapixels it might actually have, and what people's wants and needs are for this camera. The first thing I think it's important to really note is that Canon has said in writing, in their language that they use around the development announcement, that this is a camera for sports, news, and wildlife photographers. And that really tells us a lot about not only who this camera is for, but how many megapixels this camera is likely to have. Now, I've been reading online in the forums people saying, oh, I hope this camera has 40 megapixels or 50 megapixels. I'm not going to buy it if it's not a high megapixel camera. I can tell you right now, this is not going to be a high megapixel camera. Sports, news, and wildlife photographers, and I've been a professional wildlife photographer now for nearly three decades, do not need, or nor do we want, high megapixel cameras. And there's a number of reasons for that. The first one is, is that we shoot tens of thousands of photographs a year and high megapixel images are frankly a storage headache. Now, storage is cheap these days and that's a, that's a very valid argument, but certainly the memory cards and the CF Express Type B cards that uh, 1DX Mark III uses and the EOS R3 will no doubt use as well are anything but cheap. They're very, very expensive. And if you've got a camera that's shooting 30 frames a second like the EOS R3 can, at 40 or 50 megapixels, you're gonna very quickly fill up even the largest cards, and some of the largest cards are around a thousand US dollars each at the moment. So that's certainly a consideration. But more importantly is the output that comes from news, sports, and wildlife photographers. So typically speaking, most of our photographs get used online, uh, professionally, or they go into magazines. Now, online, two megapixels is enough, which means that 20 in a 1DX Mark III is really 10 times more than we need. Uh, images that are printed online in news websites typically get downscaled to less than 1024 by 768 pixels, which means we can certainly do with, with only two megapixels in the camera. Now, going to print, of course, in magazines means we need a little bit more, but even so, 20, which you find in the 1DX Mark III, is actually more than enough. And it's an important compromise uh, to understand that as you increase the number of megapixels in a camera, you also increase the potential for noise. And that's because the well size the light has to get into gets smaller and smaller inside the, the camera sensor. So basically, as you increase the megapixels, you also increase the potential for high ISO noise. So it's a balancing act. And typically, as a sports news or wildlife photographer, you're going to want very good high ISO performance. So it's highly likely, in my professional opinion, that the EOS R3 is going to have somewhere between 20 and 30 megapixels when it's finally announced. Now, it may have more, it may have up to 36, but I doubt very much it's going to have more than that. And if you're a photographer who's looking for a high megapixel camera, I think it's probably wise to cast your net elsewhere as the EOS R3 is likely not going to be the camera that you're looking for. Cam Canon has very much uh, tried not to create a do-it-all camera. Uh, the Sony A1, for example, has been marketed and sold as a do-it-all camera. It's a high megapixel camera that can also go at 30 frames a second. Canon historically has never done that. 
and I can't see it doing that now with the new EOS R3 either. Now there are a couple of other things that are worth noting about the uh, the sensor that's going to be in the R3. Even though we don't yet know how many megapixels this camera is going to have, we do know that it's going to have a stacked BSI sensor. And that will be the first time Canon has incorporated such a sensor into, its, into a camera. Now, we know with stacked BSI sensors that they do offer a high ISO advantage. So they have better noise performance than a non-stacked BSI sensor. Uh, so that will be a good thing. So I think the EOS R3 will really benefit from that. Um, but I can't see Canon upping the megapixel count much above 30 for this camera. Um, going at 30 frames a second uh, at somewhere between 20 and 30 megapixels is going to be more than enough for any sports uh, or wildlife photographer out there in the field today. There just isn't a requirement for more pixels. Um, I, typically speaking in my own, uh, my own work, when I'm making prints from the 1DX Mark III camera, which is a 20 megapixel camera, I'm usually making 13 by 19 inch prints, which is my standard sort of uh, contact print size with no up-resing required whatsoever and the, and the prints and files are beautiful. I can actually go up as large as 20 by 30 or even 40 by 60 with some up-resing programs from someone like Topaz or now Adobe have their own as well from um, which they call super up-res. And these up-resing algorithms are getting so good now that you can make stunning prints from a 20 megapixel file at 40 by 60 inches. There really is just no requirement to have a whole lot more megapixels there other than marketing. So the marketing teams at these uh, camera manufacturers love to sell cameras by selling this one has more. And that's the main reason for you know, shoehorning more megapixels into these cameras these days. That's why you don't see cameras like the 1DX Mark III or the Canon or the Nikon equivalent rather having huge amounts of megapixels. Professionals just recognize that they don't need them. So that's a very important consideration to look at. And Canon tells us that this is a sports news and wildlife photographer's camera, which means they're telling us in the language that they are using that this is not going to be a high megapixel camera. I suspect, uh, and my best guess is that when Canon give us the R1, somewhat down the line, perhaps toward the end of this year, that is likely to be the camera that has high megapixels in it that Canon will want to go head to head with the Sony on, uh, head to head with the Sony A1 anyway. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. At this stage, it's only a development announcement for the R3. Uh, I suspect that we'll see a full announcement of this camera before the start of the Olympics this year, 2021, and that we'll actually have delivery of the R3 probably in the fourth quarter of this year before Christmas. That's my best guess based on historically what uh, Canon have done and what they're likely to do with the R3. Keeping in mind that they have said it is not a replacement for the 1DX Mark III. So the 1DX Mark III is going to remain Canon's flagship camera, certainly for the Japan Olympics this year. Although one or two pros may have early access to an R3 uh, for field testing. Um, we'll have to wait and see what, what rumours get leaked online in that, uh, in that regard. And speaking of rumours... Over the last couple of days, there have been a couple of images that have turned up of the R3 from a Japanese website that give us the first look at the back of the camera. And I guess it's worth taking a moment to talk about those images because there's a very important thing to notice when you look at the, the rear of the camera in these leaked photographs in that it shows an articulated LCD screen. Now, even though these have come from a fairly reputable source, uh, I have my doubts about the validity of, uh, of, uh, of these photographs. 
that have just leaked. And the primary reason for that is, is Canon has never before given us an articulated screen on a pro camera. And the R3 is very much a pro camera. Uh, generally speaking, an articulated screen is not that useful for sports and wildlife photographers. If we look at sports particularly, a lot of which is shot from the sideline and with monopods, typically the photographer is always looking through the viewfinder and doesn't have the need to use an articulated LCD screen. Now, I, I get that there is an argument for an articulated LCD screen if you're shooting video. But the R3 is most definitely not a video camera. It is being marketed as a stills camera. Will it be video capable? Of course it will, everything is these days. Will it have high-end video capability? I seriously doubt it. Uh, it's likely to have video capability, something similar to what we see in the 1DX Mark III, perhaps 4K or 5K or even 5.5 or 6K RAW, depending on how many uh, megapixels that camera actually ends up having. Uh, but I don't think that we're going to see a lot of video functionality in this camera outside of that. Canon has a lot of offerings in the video market now and trying to shoehorn more video features into the EOS R3 when they've said that this is a sports and wildlife photography still camera just don't make a lot of sense. So that's the first thing that, that sort of raises my concerns regarding an articulated screen on this camera. The second one is that the actual mechanism to have an articulated screen means that you're giving up quite a bit of real estate uh, for the size of the LCD screen because of the mechanism. So Canon could have given us a much larger LCD screen that didn't flip out. Now, it remains to be seen uh, you know, when the, the actual announcement comes from Canon, whether the screen will flip out or not. But I have my concerns as a professional wildlife photographer that I don't really want a flip out screen. Uh, the, the opportunity to use a flip out screen is, is, um, is unusual. I mean, I can think of several examples where perhaps it might be useful if I'm hanging the camera over the side of a Zodiac down near the water and I want to be right on the water line and I want to be able to see through the viewfinder, but I can't because I, I can't get that low in the Zodiac. Yes, an LCD screen that can articulate would help in that situation. But those situations are few and far between. And what concerns me more regarding an articulated screen is that there's a strong chance that in the sort of weather I like to shoot in, so freezing conditions, the plastics and metals become extremely brittle and an articulated screen can be very easily broken. I have seen all sorts of breakages in uh, freezing weather when I've been shooting in the Arctic, HDMI cables, Atomos Ninjas, all kinds of things get knocked and broken and they break very easily because of the way metals and plastics become brittle. So again, an articulated screen is not ideal in those sort of, uh, those sort of shooting conditions, not to mention that it provides more points of in ingress for water and moisture. Now, I know what you're saying and you know what you're thinking. You can just leave the, uh, the screen folded in and you don't have to uh, take it out. And that's true. But it, it does still offer a point of ingress for moisture. And it's still a point of failure in the camera. And as I said, we haven't seen articulated screens in pro cameras from Canon before, uh, in the stills medium at least. And I, I find it highly unlikely we'll see it this time in an R3. It remains to be seen. A couple of other things worth noting from these photographs though. The first one is that we're getting the same touch sensitive autofocus back button on the R3 that's on the 1DX Mark III. That's a very good thing. I'm very pleased to see that. Um, that's something that takes a little bit of getting used to, but once you do get used to it, it's a fantastically quick way to move focus points around the screen. It's, uh, it really is much, much quicker than having to lift your thumb up, on, up onto a joystick and do it. 
Of course, the R3 is being marketed uh, in its development announcement as coming with eye-controlled focus. And this is something we haven't seen since the original EOS 3. And it's very good to see a return of the uh, of eye control focus. How it actually works in the field remains to be seen, uh, but hopefully it's going to be um, uh, you know very very useful, especially for sports and wildlife photography. Uh, I'm looking forward to testing that functionality. It's been a long time since I played with eye control focus back in the film days in my EOS 3, so I'm looking forward to a return to that. It's interesting looking at the images of the back of the camera that have leaked. They show a very large viewfinder, uh, which I, one would assume has to be for this eye control focus. Now, the other thing that's interesting to note is the battery. It looks from the photographs that have leaked that the R3 is going to use the same or a very similar battery to the 1DX Mark III, and that's a really, really good thing too. Uh, typically, when I'm out in the field, I have been able to get a full day out of a 1DX Mark III battery in temperatures as low as minus 40 degrees, uh, when the camera is basically a frozen block of ice, and all the buttons are frozen in place except for perhaps the shutter button and, and back button focus where my fingers are keeping them warm. So I'm really pleased to see a large battery going into this camera. And of course, the integrated vertical grip uh, is a fantastic thing to have as well. Looking at the size of this camera, it looks very similar in size to a 1DX Mark III without the large space for the pentaprism, the optical pentaprism, which is not required. So that uh, that will shrink the camera a little bit on the top, and I imagine it will therefore come in a little bit lighter in weight as well compared to a 1DX Mark III. In all other respects, it very much looks like a 1DX style of camera. I think it's also worth taking a moment to talk about uh, where the R3 sits in the lineup of Canon. So as I said before, Canon have said that the R3 is very much a camera that sits underneath the 1DX Mark III. But I think what we may see here is when the R1 is announced, what we may end up with is a fundamental split in the lineup, not that dissimilar to what we used to have back in the film days, or the early digital days rather, when we had the 1DS Mark III and the 1D Mark IV. So the 1DS Mark III was a studio camera, or S stood for studio. It was a higher megapixel camera, around 21 megapixels, that was designed for use in the studio. Now, the 1D Mark IV was marketed as the sports and wildlife camera around 16 megapixels. And so there was a split in the lineup. And I suspect that what we're going to see going forward here is a similar split where we have the R3 and the R1. So the R3 being for sports and wildlife photographers, excuse me, and the R1 being more of a studio-based high megapixel camera. And that's my best guess based on what Canon has done historically in the past and what I think they're likely to do also in the future going forward. Um, you know, Canon typically have not deviated from what they've done in the past in terms of how their lineup has, has been presented. Uh, and I can't see that much of a change coming forward um, with this new model either. Uh, we'll, we'll, of course, get new technologies into this new camera. Um, one of the things that I think also makes articulated screens obsolete is the ability to wirelessly tether a phone or an iPad or some sort of third-party screen device to the camera and use it for live view and to control the camera. Now, if we have that capability, and I believe it's in some of the Sonys already, then that really also removes the need for an articulated LCD screen. Because if you need to put the camera in a position where uh, you would have needed an articulated LCD screen. You can use an iPad or an iPhone or 
some other Android device to see what you're doing with Live View. I think that's more useful, uh, to be honest, than an articulated LCD screen. So I'll be honest, look, part of me was a little bit crestfallen when I saw the leaked image that showed uh, the articulated LCD screen. And I really do hope that uh, when the camera is finally announced from Canon, that we don't actually get an articulated LCD screen. It's just more robust when you're out in the field working in inclement weather. Um, you know, these cameras at the end of the day are tools uh, for capturing photographs. And we as wildlife photographers are often working in very um, harsh conditions and typically in low light situations as well. And you know, a strong, robust camera is extremely important um, when you're working in those sort of conditions. Um, you know, sometimes you don't always have the opportunity to sit, sit inside a nice warm hide. Sometimes you're out in the rain and the snow and the blizzard, and we want a camera that can really withstand that, that sort of conditions. When I was shooting with the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III uh, at the start of last year in 2020, before COVID hit, uh, I was photographing Arctic foxes up in Iceland, and you know we had a day after day of freezing temperatures howling winds blowing snow very difficult shooting conditions and you know the reliability of having such a robust tool is extremely important and the camera never missed a beat so professional build is extremely important and that is something that canon actually note in the, their development announcement they do say that it's inspired by the 1d series and that it has the same level of robustness the same level of weather sealing and moisture resistance uh, now if that's the case i find it hard to believe that the camera is going to come with a articulated LCD screen, but it remains to be seen. I, I could be wrong on this point. I don't actually have any more inside information on this. Uh, Canon's been very cagey with what it releases and who it releases this information to. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. Um, I am excited about the camera. I have got two of them on order. I, I currently own two 1DX Mark III's. Uh, I'm, not, um, I'm not going to immediately jump ship to an R3. I've dipped my toe in the water with Canon's mirrorless RF line. Uh, I have an EOS R, I have an R, RF lens for it, uh, and I've tried it. I've used it in uh, landscape situations, and it's worked very well for me. I'm keen to test an R3, but test is what I'll be doing. I'm, I'm going to, it's really going to have to offer me something that I don't have in the 1DX Mark III uh, to get me to jump ship. And I'm not convinced that that's going to be the case. We're just going to have to wait and see how it performs in the field. Um, I'll certainly buy one when they come out. Whether I buy two remains to be seen. I think the, uh, the articulated LCD screen could be a deal breaker for me just because of the sort of environments in which I, I like to shoot in. Um, being, you know, being a polar, specialist polar photographer, I spend so much of my time in the Arctic and Antarctic in that sort of inclement weather environment. So I am concerned about that. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But, you know, best guess for this is going to be, as I said, I suspect we'll see a full development announcement uh, of, with the specifications, including the megapixel count before the Olympics begin. Uh, I think it's great marketing for Canon to bring it out at that point in time. And then we're likely to see the camera actually delivered towards the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter of this year. In terms of price, Given that Canon has said this camera sits below 1DX Mark III, which retails in the US for about $6,500 or in Australia here for about $11,000, I suspect that this camera will come in probably at 5999 US dollars. Uh, so not much cheaper than an uh, 1DX Mark III. I'm sorry for those of you who are hoping for a cheaper camera. I, I don't think you're gonna get it here. 
The language Canon has used to wrap around this development announcement all points to this being a professional camera that is going to be priced accordingly. Uh, so I suspect that we may see this camera here in Australia, depending on the exchange rate, probably around the $9,990 AUD, uh, potentially as high as $10,500. I don't think it's going to be much cheaper than that. I think that's where it's going to land. Um, interesting that Canon have announced the also uh, the new 600mm f4 and 400mm f2.8 lenses with RF mount. These appear uh, in Canon's own language actually, they say that they're optically identical to the EF versions. So I think uh, those of us who own the EF versions will just be able to use an adapter to go to RF land, which is, um, which is a fantastic thing. And we don't want to have to rebuy those lenses given the, the investment that they, uh, they, they require. So that's kind of my thoughts on the R3 at the moment. There's been a lot of talk on the forums about how many megapixels this camera will have, but Canon's language really does tell us that you know, it's going to be in the 20 to 30 megapixel range because they specifically say sports and wildlife and news photographers. And again, if we look at sports, wildlife and news, and again, I'm a professional wildlife photographer, you know, we just don't need or want more than 20 to 30 megapixels. It's enough for what we do. Uh, we don't need any more than that. And so as such, Canon's not likely to deliver more than that. I think those people who want a high megapixel um, camera from Canon are going to have to wait for the R1. Uh, we may see a development announcement for that later this year, but probably not before third or fourth quarter this year. And for sure, that will be the high megapixel camera. Uh, that we'll get from Canon. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. That's my thoughts on the R3. I am excited about that this camera, what it means, the ability to have eye focus again, I'm, I'm very excited about. I'm excited to uh, test one of these uh, in the field and see how the EVF performs. EVFs have been something that uh, you know I have really struggled with myself personally in the cold. They have tended historically to fail in extremely cold temperatures, so minus 25 and below for extended periods has been very difficult for EVFs. Um, I know with my 1DX Mark III, I can use it at minus 50 degrees, and while I'll get some ghosting of the focus points across the screen, the camera will still keep working and I can see what I'm doing through the optical viewfinder. So I need to test an R3 in that sort of weather and see how the EVF performs. Uh, I'm hoping it will do very, very well. Uh, in To the R3's benefit, because it's uh, integrated vertical grip makes it roughly the same size as a 1DX Mark III, it has quite a bit of mass. And certainly compared to the Sony cameras, that should allow it to do better in the cold, especially with the large battery it looks like it's coming with. So I've got some, uh, I've got some high hopes for this camera. As I say, I am excited about it and when it comes out. Uh, I am on uh, first cab off the rank here in Australia to, uh, to get two of them. Um, I may do another podcast on this camera um, when we see the official announcement from Canon, just to talk about what the final specifications actually are and how that may have affected my thoughts. And certainly my thoughts, you know, if it is going to come with the articulated LCD screen, um, you know, I'd say that's 50-50 at this point. The, the website that's leaked this information is reputable, has done very well in the past with their rumors being accurate. So we'll just have to wait and see. So that's it for me for today for this first podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Josh. This has been episode one of the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, and I'll see you out there in the field. <laughs>